This is For Your Mental Health Podcast. Doors open on the left at For Your Mental Health Podcast. Welcome back to For Your Mental Health. I'm Sharice. I'm Vince. And we've missed the fuck out of you guys here in Chicago. True. It's been a long hiatus. We haven't recorded in four months. Yeah, let's just pretend we went on like summer break like the season ended and this is the fall premiere how about that yeah that that sounds reasonable okay but now that means that this has to be like a season premiere so it's gotta be like really fucking good define really fucking good (laughs) it's gotta hook people back in you know this is season two sharice how are you gonna be different um how's your character gonna grow my character is going to have a low-sodium diet <laughs> per described by her doctor. So I'm going to be super unseasoned and twice as entertaining. How about that? I think I got lost in that metaphor, but... <laughs> I did, too. I'm on medication. It's totally fine. Okay. Cool. What's new? Well... Part of the reason why we have been on a four-month hiatus is because we had to, like, finish our master's program, right? Then... No, that wasn't it. All right. Then... (laughs) Literally, you went out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my bitch ass was here, you went out of the country, and that's why we stopped. So, yeah. So, that was that. That was only one month, though. So, that doesn't really explain everything. Yeah, the other part is we was lazy and getting back together. Like, it's not not a long story, guys. Like, Vince went out of the country. He came back. We hung out, but we didn't invite you guys. So, now we're inviting you guys. We're also both employed, which makes a difference in how much free time we have. I'm going to say I'm unemployed. You're not. I'm unemployed. I'm unemployed. Okay. If I don't have the job that I want, I'm unemployed. That's... I'm going to employ it. If that's a good motivator for you, then that's <laughs> a good way to view it. I feel like you're unemployed if you feel as though you don't have to go to work and then you just don't. Okay, so the part where <laughs> you you ha- you can say that you can go to work kind of is counter. So. Yeah, but that action leads to unemployment. So for all we know, I could be unemployed tomorrow. I'm unemployed. It's fine. So today you're employed, but you have plans for being unemployed. No, I have plans of being employed. Is that what you said? No. Okay, I have plans <laughs> of right. getting a job. Okay. A career right. difference. Okay, that's fair. I see. I see that. Mm-hmm. I see that. So work is going pretty good, though. My office location is in the Kenwood neighborhood, which is like just north of Hyde Park. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And the job environment is such that I feel like this story will help to give you a picture of how it is as workspace. So there was a woman that I believe is my age who got hired uh, a week before me. Okay. And she lives... I believe she said she lived like somewhere on the north side, like in Uptown or something like that. Um, and she's white. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, <laughs> she's in my programs or like in the same programs as me. So she has the same supervisor as me. And for whatever fucking reason, her and my supervisor got super tight in the week that I wasn't there because they were talking about like. My supervisor's dog and what like the hell? <laughs> this woman's like boyfriend and all this shit. So one day there, one morning, she's like in the cubicle uh, that like faces mom. There's like a partition, you know. And blessings. what? I said blessings. Yeah. So she, my supervisor's over there talking to her, and you know, again, I don't know why, but she's talking to my supervisor about her boyfriend. And she's like, yeah, like, my boyfriend, like, knows when I want to be proposed to and all this shit. Like, I'm expecting him to propose in, like, a year because I want to have a kid in this many years. It was fucking nuts, right? So then... Is it nuts? (laughs) Yeah. Is that a nuts thing? Oh, okay. 
<laughs> it was weird. And then, because then she was like, yeah, I already know, like, what our kids' names are going to be. And... Oh, what's the weird? <laughs> and then... Oh, what's the weird part? Tell me. So then she's like, yeah, like, I don't really have a preference for who the baby looks like. I just want the them to have curly hair because that's so rare for uh to have curly hair and then my supervisor who is an african-american woman was like in your world <laughs> I <was> like, ah. <laughs> shots <laughs> and facts that's the same last damn shit there's only one world that's what they tell you we know different see you, you can't get my quotes unless you ain't see my favorite movie Save the last dance. I feel like what you said just didn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that was two different people talking. Sarah's like, there's no, like after world. the quotes, what you said. Oh, it I probably didn't. Anyway, I'm dizzy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm trying. Okay. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, save the last dance scene apparently took place in my workplace. Yes, I would have loved it. I would have absolutely loved it. Yeah, it was pretty great. Yeah, that was actually the last time that I heard them talk about her boyfriend or her children that she doesn't have yet. So that's cool. I'm still waiting on the weird part. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Is it abnormal to know when you want to get married and have kids? I feel like it's weird if she's given him a timeline. Like this is when this has to happen. Why? <laughs> that's like a conversation that you like. Like that's like a agreed upon thing not like a one partner telling the other partner this is the way it fucking is how you know okay listen in like a in a perfect world listen okay <laughs> it is okay to have standards yeah i like i get like okay if the relationship isn't progressing or like you expect to be moving forward in the relationship so you share that with your partner but not like i need to be engaged Let by the time i'm 25 so. i need to have children by the time i'm 27 like, that's mm. a very rigid timeline that you are, like, mm. not accounting for life events to no. happen. Let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> when you get a job, and the job tell you within 90 days you're going to have a review, uh -huh. if you ain't reaching all them qualifications that they want you to have and excelling at that shit, what happens? You're an employee. They let you go. It's the same shit. She let him know this is when you're going to have each of your annual reviews. <laughs> if you ain't hitting that shit, guess what? You're fired. I need to find someone else who's going to fulfill these qualifications. Shout out to you, work chick. Shout out to you. No. You got your shit no, together. No, 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 no. <laughs> yes. Uh, at, at a job, Girl you power. sign a contract, a written agreement to be reviewed by someone who is superior to you during your probationary period. I'm not aware that that is how a romantic relationship works. I could be wrong. That's just a <laughs> metaphor, honey. I'm just letting you know. If you're not reaching your qualifications and shit, mm -hmm. and she got a certain thing that she wants for her life, if he can't do it, there's probably someone out there who wants to follow them guidelines. And they're got the same game plan, and they can work that shit out together. If it ain't him, mm -hmm. and she letting him know years ahead of time, buddy, if this ain't you, you know... You don't feel me? I feel no. her. So it's all that matters. No. Yeah, no, no, no. Because I know good. I'm, I'm getting engaged next year. Oh, God. Oh, God. like a get out shit. Run. We had <laughs> blink twice if you need help. Run. <laughs> Other than starting work and, well, pretty much that. I've also been spending time with my family. And I've also been spending a considerable amount of time with my girlfriend's family, which has been fun and funny. They're all super funny, and <laughs> I don't have, like, a good reason for them being funny. Maybe it's just because, like, that's how I'm dealing with the fact that it's sometimes awkward still to be around them. But, like, it's, like, really fucking funny. Okay, example. Well, like, she was trying to tell me there was one uncle I hadn't met yet that was going to be at the family cookout, right? Like, okay, whatever. She's like, but he's cool. It's like, okay. So then I meet him, and I'm just like, all right, this is like her uncle, and it was cool. And he seemed, he was like kind of awkward, uh, but like in like a good way where that he used it to his humorous advantage. 
And we like got along the whole time. And he was like giving me shit, and we were giving each other shit back and forth, and it was great. And then like after the cookout, Rebecca like told me that his last name was Cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like white people should never have a last name. <laughs> So she's like, yeah, the crackers. And I was like, who the fuck is that? And she's like, that's the uncle that you met. His last name is Cracker. And I was like, no fucking way. And I'm like so glad that she didn't tell me until afterward. Because otherwise I would have laughed when I met him. Exactly. I would have laughed the entire conversation. Right. He would have been walking away and I would have been like, bye, Mr. Cracker. Yeah. <laughs> bye, I, Cracker. Right. So, uh, yeah. It's like that Dave Chappelle shit. When that white family's last name was nigger. And I was like, oh, he's got those nigger lips. <laughs> Cracker. That's <laughs> funny to me. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> so what's new with you? Um, Let's see. I saged my house. Um, We had a priest come in and get all the demons out. Okay. Not really. It's just my roommate moved out. So I saged it to get rid of all of her... Negative energy. Yeah, I've heard plenty about her, but I'm just going to say this, and that'll be the end of it. I'm trying to find a nicer way to say it than what's in my head. (laughs) You know, there are a few back and forth between me and her and her ghost, because she liked to blame things on a ghost, like her not cleaning up after herself. And my sister's just like, you know, when you leave... Clean it as though someone else is coming in right after you. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that didn't happen. She didn't mind dirt. She left all types of shit here that she claimed was never hers. Yes. Like, how the fuck you do that? From food to dishes. I'm just glad she's gone. Like, this is a more positive environment. What else has changed? Leon has moved to Chicago. Woo! Yeah. He is here. He has arrived. And I'm unemployed. So that hasn't changed. <laughs> That's still the same. <laughs> uh, Leon's working. That's cool. Woohoo! My man got a JLB. Like, I want to be the mom off Everybody Hates Chris who quits her job and is like, I don't need this. My man has two jobs. But he only has one. So I guess I got to keep working for a little while. I just want to point out again that you're clearly employed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm unemployed. Right. But that's about it with me. I've been boring, actually, quite recently. I've been quite a grandma in the house on my days off, saving money. Graduation is coming up. We have zero plans for graduation parties, so that's in a month. That should be discussed at a later date. So, what's going on with you? (laughs) Well, I guess I went out of the country, as you stated. So, thank you to anybody who helped out. Um, I was able to go on that service trip to Italy. I was able to uh, help out with uh, coaching youth soccer, playing soccer with some of the guys my age. Um, organizing some stuff for the town, like um, we organized like a volleyball tournament, and a uh, we were able to reopen their town library, which was pretty cool. And then did some farming, you know, so got my hands dirty there. Uh, I could picture you as a farmer, right, right? Right. When you had your little barbecue on the Fourth of July, yep. You looked mm-hmm. like you drove a tractor. Okay. And, feel like this is getting worse but uh <laughs> yep so went all the way to italy just to farm some corn which i could have very easily done anywhere outside of chicago and illinois <laughs> but so that was cool uh summer school teaching um i was able to do uh that certification that we both have in the parent education and positive discipline i was able to do a, a very abbreviated version of that while i was there which was cool because it was directly translated into Arabic while I was there. You are international with your certification. Yeah. Put that on a resume. Right. Yeah. So that was um, a really, really worthwhile experience. Um, Can't say enough good things about it. It was really nice. And then, yeah, got back on a Monday, started work on a Tuesday. 
Oh, how nice. You're employed. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Working. Shit's crazy. <laughs> Um, I do have one quick recommendation. Well, I have several, but this is for the locals. Um, there is a bar called the Standard Bar. It is on Milwaukee in the Wicker Park neighborhood. And it's funny because I had no intentions of going there. I just happened to be hungry. And, you know, in the summer, every bar is kind of designed the same way on that strip where their windows are like garage doors and they just like lift them up so... Even if you're outside, you feel like you're inside the restaurant kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So I could smell the food when I walked by, and I was like, oh, that reminds me. I'm hungry. So I went in, and I want to say I was almost halfway through my meal before I was like, wait, what's the name of this place? Like, it wasn't, like, written on anything. I don't remember seeing it on the menu. But it's a nice layout. It has, like, two floors. I didn't explore upstairs, probably just because I was being lazy. There, no, there was a reason. Oh, the friend that I was with was wearing white pants and she spilled wing sauce all over herself so she refused to move unless it was right to the Uber. So that's why we didn't explore the bar. But um I'm trying to remember what I got. I remember I got a burger. They're big on beer and burgers. The day that we went, I want to say it was a Wednesday, they had $5 mules. Now, I'm not typically a mule kind of girl. Mm-hmm. But that's just because I didn't know what a fuck a mule was, okay? <laughs> right. That's not one of them cute drinks you learn when you're like underage and you finally get to go to the bar. No, that's like, an adult beverage. Exactly, okay? It's a fucking mule. And I must say, I loved it. Yeah. It's also super summery, so that's good. I fucking loved it. I was like, I need to go invest in some ginger beer and uh, I already have one of those cute little mule cups. From yeah. a bar. The copper mugs? Yes, I have the, one of those. The copper mugs? How do you already have one if you didn't even know what a mule was? Apparently I've had a mule before from my good friend Ken. Oh. oh. <laughs> and he gave me some mule. Shout out to Ken. Shout out to Ken. You was a good man. Yes, you is. Hit us up later. <laughs> <laughs> Meet you at the Dawson. Uh... Well, that's good. So you had your first, well, not your first mule, but you had your first mule that you remember? I mean, I might not have had a mule at the bar with Ken. I think I just saw the cup and I was like, I want the cup. So he made my drink in the cup. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't think I actually had a mule. But um, the ones there were pretty good. Actually, they were really good. I even got like a plate to go. Not a mule to go. That was a thing. That would be dope as fuck. We can go to the bar and be like, let me get this and then a gin and tonic to go. You can do that in New Orleans. That's a different... I feel like New Orleans isn't a part of the United States. Because it's like shit doesn't apply. I went there during Mardi Gras. And the police were there on horses in the middle of the street. While everyone was drunk and getting high. And I was like, huh. Okay. (laughs) So why are you guys here? (laughs) This is normal. It's totally fine. (laughs) Just keeping the peace. (laughs) I don't know where the peace was. but uh, I mean, was anybody fighting? Nah, they was... Exactly. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of things that a lot of us could have been cited for on the street. And it was all like blind eyes, blind ears. Right. How it should be. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Every fucking where. Right. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, the Standard Bar, it's super tasty. They have really good seasoned fries. And I know I'm like a stickler for fries. It's like potatoes any type of way is my favorite fucking food. So fries are a big deal to me. They have waffle fries and they have regular like not too thin, not too thick. I mean, it's. It's important. It's like Goldilocks. They have really good fries. Nice. Did you get a burger? I mean, I just think it's weird combos on the menu anyway. Like, oh, you can get calamari and quesadillas. Oh, okay. You want hummus instead? We got that too. 
Oh, I remember now. So I got a Southwest burger. So it was like eight ounces of beef, some cheese. I think I like pepper jack, some crazy onions, tomatoes, fried jalapenos, avocados, chipotle mayo, all that good stuff. And it was basically amazing. And then my friend, she gets wings everywhere. It's like she's on the hunt for the greatest wings. I'm also on that hunt. <laughs> and because we're hunting, be on the lookout for the spinoff of For Your Mental Health. In the food version. <laughs> we're still working on the title, but the blog will be dropping soon. True. Um, but the, or the burger they described, I had a very similar burger at a tavern in the South Loop called the Weathermark Tavern. So it was like a, you know, a, bur- a third pound burger, I think. And then with pepper jack cheese, chole mayo, um, sliced jalapenos. And so usually when, or I think usually when bars do like sliced jalapenos on burgers, they're like uh, sauteed a little bit first and then they throw them on the burger. But this <laughs> one, the jalapenos were just like pretty raw. So they were like really good and really hot. So like none That's of the heat have been taken out of them. Does. I'm like yeah. these, they have the worst jalapenos in the sense that they're the fucking hottest. Yeah, that's that's the a good thing. The hottest. I did Leon eat one from Five Guys once, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was trying to act like it wasn't hot. <laughs> he had a stone face, but he was like sweating. <laughs> His little lip was. Never mind. He'll kill me. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> but yeah, I would. Uh, that was not originally going to be re- my recommendation for a place, but the Weathermark Tavern in the South Loop was pretty cool because they have. Um, they're also pretty beer heavy. Um, but they have like a decent rotating draft list uh, where they try to keep it like seasonal, you know. And then they have like a. Uh, an aquatic theme or like a. Uh, it's like a ship steering wheel and like fishing oh, net. Oh, okay. You know, that kind of shit? Yeah. I don't know. A nautical. It's a nautical theme. <laughs> I was going to say Joe's Crab Shack. That doesn't no. even make sense. <laughs> so they have like a nautical <laughs> theme uh, and their food's pretty good and then their drink's pretty good too. And where is it? It's in the South Loop. So I took the Archer bus and then got off on State Street but then I believe it's actually on Michigan Avenue. And the South Loop is a neighborhood that I feel like I haven't explored enough. And I've wanted to for a while. So I was glad that I was able to go there and check it out. Yeah, I feel like I used to sort of be in South Loop a lot when I was working out at Export. But since then, I don't really go in that area. And I feel like there's a lot of things there that taste... There's a lot of um, food places there. Sorry. I'm on mitigation. <laughs> Like Flacco's Tacos. Mm. Did I make that up? Mm. That's the name of a place, right? Yeah, I think so. Their margaritas are really good, and there's one in South Loop. Yeah, this is a little further south than that. Yeah. It's actually on Michigan Avenue. It was like the same north-south as like Soldier Field. Uh, but then I also went to the other bar, because the thing that I really like is like good happy hours, you know? So that's been like my most recent search is <laughs> for places that have like good happy hour specials where it's like, you know... 20 cent wings or dollar whatever you know those that kind of shit hell yeah tell me where i don't know if you're gonna like this what the deal is but oh God. it's uh dollar oysters and then six dollar martinis at the queen mary it's on division it's in ukrainian village they also happen to have a nautical theme <laughs> well that one sounds like it makes sense yeah so yeah, their oysters are a buck. So if you get, you know, a half dozen oysters and then a martini, it's like 12 bucks. So, um, And their martinis are pretty good. I've suddenly become a fan of martinis. Martinis are bomb. Yeah. Like a gin martini, like just a classic martini. I'm like, hey, this tastes pretty good. So I also feel like an adult because that's not an <laughs> underage drink. And no, like the Kit Kat Lounge has great martinis, but I'll save my rant for them. On a different day. Oh, I did do something fun. <laughs> oh, that's right. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> say it. 
So this isn't specifically a recommendation, but you can do it. It's just once a year. But after RuPaul's Drag Race, they always have a Work the World tour. So I went to the Chicago one this past year. Don't remember where the venue, the name of the venue, but I know it was on Randolph. That's unimportant. But I went to the tour and it was all the top drag queens from last season. So you had Aquaria, you had Arika, you had Asia, you had Kevin Michaels, and you had like fan favorites. <laughs> you should see Vince's face. Like, this is how I feel when he lists the white actors in movies. It's like, huh, yeah, what? Or any athlete. <laughs> or any athlete. Most musicians. <laughs> like, it's my face. But uh, it was absolutely amazing. Now, I want to give a shout out to Violet Chotsky because... Yes. <laughs> I was not a huge fan of her on the show, but... Spoiler alert, if you're going to the tour, you might want to, like, hit the skip 15 seconds a few times. There was a cup on stage, right? It was a martini glass, actually, to be exact, in the middle of the stage. And I thought it was just the prop, because she was, like, dancing around it. Right. And then these two, like, naked dudes, buff naked dudes in, like, Speedos come up and they put a ladder to the martini cup. And she climbs in. First of all, it didn't look like there was any type of liquid in this bitch. There was. Okay, and in my head, it was filled with liquor because it's a martini glass. But let me just say, she basically had on nothing, okay? I don't know where she tucked her junk because we saw every piece of her. So it was nuts. But I just felt like I was in a 1920s like sex movie or something. I don't know if they had those, but that's how I'm going to describe it. And she was swirling around in this fucking martini glass like it was a bathtub. And I was kind of hot. I was like, oh, I want to do that. All right. So shout out to her. She was my favorite performance of the night. Nice. Even though Asia O'Hara is my favorite queen. Mm. I wasn't too impressed with her this season, but <laughs> I'm glad to hear that you uh, made it out of the house. To do something fun that you enjoy. Yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I really did. And I was given TLC realness with my outfit that night. You can find it on Instagram. What did what was the, what did you say? You were finding TLC realness? I was giving, giving. TLC realness. Like when I got mean? dressed, I was like, I look like I could be a member of TLC, right? Okay. When I get to the event, okay. Two people told me they was like, "Oh, I'm getting TLC vibes," and I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> nice. Hit it, hit it on the nail, hit the nail on the head. Something like that, yeah. I'm on medication, right. <laughs> and it's not working either. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna keep taking this shit. Did you say you didn't know how you felt about the recommendation because of the oysters? I figured that. Yeah, I still haven't tried oysters. A friend from work has been saying something about dollar oysters for a minute. So it might be that place. I'll ask him. Yeah. But he said there's a few places. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's... Um, so this place is 5 to 7, Sunday and Monday. Or maybe Sunday is like 3 to 7, but Monday is 5 to 7. But Sunday and Monday is when they have this dollar oyster, $6 martini special. Yeah, I think he knows where it is for like most days of the week he's like oh no on this day we need to go here yeah. like, okay let's do it <laughs> yeah they're my new thing so i also have one that i've gone to on wednesday that they have the deal yeah i think the world is trying to tell you that you need to try some moisture shrews yeah it's about time if it's a dollar i can afford that All right even though i'm unemployed i can afford that <laughs> right so my next recommendation is for any of our listeners it is a movie called Searching. Now, first off, I want to say, in this movement of the whole representation matters, I am all here for the Asian cast, okay? Also, Crazy Rich Asians recently came out. I haven't seen it, but I've heard all good things. And that was another example of representation, you know? But I am 100% not a fan of any movie that's told like where the camera is just watching people versus the camera just being like a part of the movie, if that makes sense. Okay, let me break it down better. So anything like the Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity, 
Chronicle, Dark Web, anything that's told through a computer screen or a security camera in the room, anything like that I'm not usually a big fan of. This movie searching was similar. Everything was told from cell phones and his daughter's laptop. However, this movie did not lose my attention not one second. It's so many different twists and turns like you can never expect what was going to happen next and that's exactly what I loved about it. Every second where you thought it was over, it wasn't. Basically, the movie starts off showing like this Asian family. It's a mom, a dad, and a daughter. And every year they take a cute little picture together um, on the daughter's first day of school. Um, come to find out, the mom has cancer. She beats it. They go about go on about their lives. She gets cancer again, and she passes away. Now, the mom was the one that was responsible, like, keeping track of all of her daughter's appointments, her daughter's friends, anything like that. So, the dad calls his daughter. She's at a, she says she's at a study group. She says she'll be back late. He goes to bed. He ends up getting two calls from her in a FaceTime video. He doesn't see it until the next morning and assumes that she has already left for school. By the end of the school day, he still has not heard from her. Gets home, the trash isn't taken out, and he's like, pause. Where's my daughter? And he realizes, I don't know any of my daughter's friends. I don't have any of their numbers. I don't know what she likes to do for fun. The only thing that he has is her laptop. And it is up to him to figure out where the fuck his kid is at. It's kind of like taken without the guns. <laughs> so it's just as dramatic, just like less violence and instead of a white guy, it's an Asian guy. Hmm. But it's really good. Nice. And it can be found on Netflix or... It is actually in theaters. Theaters. Oh. It's at the movies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. It's at the movies, but I watched it on my fire stick. Sorry, not sorry. Gotcha. Because okay. I thought it was just like some old, I thought it was an old movie. But mm -hmm. when I was telling somebody about it, they're like, yeah, I just saw that. And I was like, oh, so you paid. <laughs> but it is a movie that is worth paying for. I will say that. Mm. I would pay to see that movie had I not already seen it for free. Like, I'm not going to pay for it now. Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. I recently, I don't have a fire stick. But, <laughs> so I won't be able to watch that movie. <laughs> but Amazon Fire Stick. I recently was reminded that I actually had Audible, which uh, I was when we started this podcast. I was like, "Fuck yeah, Audible!" But then I kind of forgot about it. Had like a slump of like, I don't have time for that shit. But I was still like subscribed to it or whatever. So uh, Audible reminded me that I needed to like actually read books, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> I should actually use this because I'm paying for it." So then I did. I downloaded a few books and I read. Well, I listened to uh, this one book, uh, and I've listened to it twice through now, and I'm probably going to do it again, because I do not like the narration of the book that much, <laughs> but the content of the book is that good. Uh, it's called Dope Sick, and it's by Beth Macy, and it's about the opioid epidemic. That's like, And it came out like this year, the book did, so the statistics in it and the stories in it are like current up to 2017, and she kind of tells it chronologically... Uh, in terms of like how opioids became so popular and prevalent, especially like prescription stuff, and then she also does the stories of like individual people in areas that were highly affected by it, especially like in the early and mid 2000s. So like like Virginia and West Virginia and like small Appalachian communities, I guess those were the highest affected by it at that time, uh, especially um, not just heroin, but like oxycontin it was like a huge thing uh, for those communities where like people were being over prescribed oxycontin and then they were like legal battles and all that stuff so mm. she tells the whole story of like the legal the farm pharmaceutical and like the familial uh history of how that kind of came to pass and it just like it's crazy that it's like in such recent history slash still going on but uh yeah so it's a good book. It's like a ethnography pretty much, um, but with a lot of backing in like the statistics and like I said, like the legal and pharmaceutical stuff. So it's a very good read. And you said dope sick. Dope sick. Yeah. The author is who narrates it. Uh, and she kind of <laughs> has a voice that reminds me of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. So I don't know if that's why I didn't like the way that it was narrated. But even though I didn't like the narration, 
I was able to get through <laughs> it twice just because like I feel like the stories are so like gripping. Mm. And I was just really interested in like like the, some of the statistics were just like mind blowing about like how many families were affected by um you know this uh, opioid epidemic and um and like shucks but like what happens like when people are prescribed like oxycontin or were prescribed oxycontin by their doctor and like for the reasons that they were prescribed it and like it just like sounds so crazy now but like it was just happening like so prevalently then and so she just like goes through and I mean there's stories about like state's attorneys there's stories about parents of opioid users who their children have like passed from opioids and stuff like that so it's a it's an it's an intense listen but it's really really good for a lighter listen (laughs) (laughs) there's a book called perfect match by jody picote you can also find it on audible but I read the book, so I can't tell you how annoying the person reading it is, because I don't know. Mm. But it's about a wife who she's a prosecution, prosecution. She's a prosecutor for child um, sex crimes, and she sees all different types of things every day. But it's like shocking to her that she didn't notice that something was happening with her five-year-old son until he goes like mute. But it's like this, the story of her figuring out who did it and how she decides to take justice into her own hands. And it too has a lot of twists and turns. I won't give the ending away, but there's a short part right in the beginning of the book, really. So I'm not giving anything away because you will see it. It's not a spoiler. She believes that it was the priest at her church who did it. So in the courtroom, she kills the priest on the stand and that's when shit really unfolds. So Maybe it's not a lighter note. Yeah, that sounds like it could be pretty heavy. But it wasn't a heavy book, you know. It was like it's a novel, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Well, it takes some of the weight out of it. Yeah. <laughs> like there has been all types of crazy shit happening in pop culture while we have been gone, like endless. There's just been so many different things in the news talk of new movies coming out like space jam 2 there's been there's been fights between celebrities one that's been i guess you can say awaited <laughs> longly awaited so apparently i'm sure all of you know by now but if you don't we're still going to talk about it cuz i was all here for it um nikki and cardi b got into an altercation i won't say a fight because there was no physical laying of hands between the two of them right. on each other, right? So they were at Fashion Week, and you. there's a few clips that have gone by. I wish I was there because I know someone got a check for getting that video. You know, <laughs> someone got a check for hit and record. But Nikki is confronting Nikki. That is a lie. Cardi is confronting Nikki about liking a post about her child. I thought she was saying, say, she said, say something about my daughter again, like a post about my child again. And she's telling Nikki when she's charging through security, talking about come here. And Nikki said, no, I'm going to stay right here. And I laughed for a good 15 minutes. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm going to stay right here. Okay. <laughs> The next time somebody asks me to do something, I'm not feeling it. No, I'm going to stay right here. Yeah. I'll be at work. Sharice, can we talk to you in the office? No, I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> I'm going to stay right here. If it worked for Nikki, it works for me. Okay? I'm going to stay right here. And I will say this. I am a Cardi fan, so this will probably be super biased, but I was glued to the internet for days. Like, I was literally pissed off that I had to be at work because I was trying to be on Twitter because <laughs> Twitter was hilarious to me so because cardi cannot get to nikki she throws her shoe in the end she's escorted out barefoot big ass not on her damn eyebrow where uh, supposedly security hit her there was a lot of rumors saying that maybe Lee did it or that nikki beat her ass and i know which is true it was security trying to keep they're saying it's nikki security though so they're saying like they were prepared for cardi to do something because who the hell elbow her in the head I don't know. Probably wasn't necessary. She probably weighs 130 pounds. One security guard could have handled her. Just picked her up and moved her, you know. But 
she came out looking a hot damn mess. And Nikki came out like it was a damn paid photo shoot when she walked up out that bitch afterwards. She looked super unbothered. Her photos were sexy as hell. Not gonna lie. Still not a fan, but the bitch looked good. Except for, I don't know what's going on with this new look where everyone's wearing the wet looking hair. It's like stringy and like it's, it's gonna dry, but it never dries. That's the look that's been happening. I don't know. I don't know whose idea it was, but I think it looks gross. Because ones are going to dry. But anyway, it's probably dry, but still. So then Nikki's like not saying anything. Cardi's not saying anything. And Nikki's like, I'm going to talk about it all on Queen Radio. Which first and foremost is a problem. You're making a face. Have you not heard of Queen Radio? So Nikki has her own. I don't know if it's considered a radio show or if it is considered a podcast. And it was branched off of the Queen's Court. Have you heard of that? Okay, so T. Madison, um, who was a transgender woman, and it used to be Kia, but they got some altercation over the branding of the Queen's Court and over a contract with Nicki Minaj, because Nicki Minaj liked the show, and she wanted to create this podcast or this radio show, and it was going to be called Nicki Minaj Presents the Queen's Court, but that shit all fell out. So now Nicki Minaj just has Queen Radio, which is the same title as her album, that has flopped, according to some, (laughs) and excelled, according to her. It's kind of like Trump when he's like, oh, (laughs) rating show, I'm the greatest president. And she's like, rating show, that this is the best album. Everyone knows it. Travis Scott wouldn't have won if it wasn't for Stormy and Kylie Jenner. Yes, she said that. Did you poop that? She told everyone on Queen Radio that she talked to Travis Scott and he agreed that her album was better and that she should have been number one. And she blamed Stormy, Mm. the six-month-old, and Kylie Jenner for the fact that her album was not number one. So I'm I'm piecing things together in my head now because Travis Scott is now doing the Super Bowl with Cardi B (gasps) and Maroon 5. (laughs) And people posted like, oh shit, Nikki's got to be so mad about that. <laughs> the bitch been super mad since Ruby Ma dropped Sheether, okay? Yeah. She's been bothered. She's been pressed. She's been rocky about fighting for this throne that no one's fighting for but her. Like, I feel like Cardi never said that she was the queen of anything. She never said that she was coming for Nikki's title or anything like that she just wanted to be an artist all on her own you know but um nikki gets on queen radio after the fight and basically she said the episode was about something else but honey it was a whole episode about cardi b it was like she okay she dug up old ass sweets from cardi b that cardi had addressed like two years ago so they were older than two years old because when it finally, when Cardi started popping off, she addressed those old tweets. And she had called some girl's dead kid a monkey. I don't know the pretext around it. I couldn't find the tweet. But she called somebody's kid that. And then she called some girl that she was beefing with a burnt roach. But Cardi calls everybody roaches. So I'm not quite sure if that was a racial thing. Because people do consider her black because she's Dominican. So I'm not really sure... How strongly you can pull a race card and be like, you're black, but you're not black enough. I don't know. So, Nigga Minaj is sounding like she's on some sort of drug and she's screaming, Roaches! She calls black people roaches! And I'm like, well, there's a lot of names. But then she somehow got in contact with the woman who Nikki called, whose child Nikki, fuck. Uh, Cardi. Whose child Cardi talked about. Call her into the radio. Yeah, mother of the monkey. Call the mother of the monkey. And she was like interviewing her, but it wasn't an interview. It was like, did she or did she not say this about your child? And she was like, yes. And he was like, thank you. I'm going to call you back and hangs up. I'm like, thank (laughs) This is, this is the kicker to me. She goes, well, 
all the barbs who want to donate to her, please do. Matt, I'm going to give you some money for your emotional distress. No. If any of my fans would like to donate to her, y'all should do that because I'm not. It was kind of like that. And <laughs> it's not funny, but it's funny. But she just goes on and on about Cardi B. And so then she was like, I have never talked about anyone's child. Show me the receipts of where I've talked about someone's child. And it's like, girl, you talked about Remy's kids. You talked about fucking Stormy two weeks ago. And what is she talking about? But she did like a tweet from, um, it was Cardi Hit wrote, welcome back Kodak Black. And someone's like, for you to be a mother, what type of message are you sending your child about um, welcoming some rapist, some pedophile, whatever? And so Cardi likes rapist? Apparently. I didn't know that. I ain't either, but the <laughs> internet tells me shit. My sighting is Twitter, okay? Right. So that was the supposed tweet there could be more but a lot of people are saying it's not the things that are public that's going on it's the things that are private so the only thing that cardi had said was she had posted something the night of the fight and was like you know you can say things about me all you want to but don't talk about my child don't talk about my parenting you tried to stop my bags you try to stop people from working with me and i'm tired of it basically mm. and people I think this whole image that Nicki Minaj wanted of people trying to paint her to be a bad guy so that she could release her album. Because, like, there was that whole... Cardi released her album two days later. Nicki released two songs from her album talking about how she's a bad guy. She had done a whole interview talking about how they couldn't be on the same set for motorsport and all that bullshit. And she just needed that image that other people were painting her to be a bad guy for her to release her album. But that really died down in the time frame it took for Nicki Minaj to release her album. Because she was saying, oh, I'm going to release it this month. And then it'll get pushed back. Oh, I'm going to release it on this date. And then Jay-Z and Beyonce announced that they were doing something. She had to push it back even more. And it's like, for all the time that it was pushed back, I mean, again, I'm not a Nicki Minaj fan, so this is probably biased. There wasn't a lot in that album that I would play on repeat. Actually, I wouldn't play any of the songs on repeat. <laughs> a lot of people like Barbie Dreams, but I like the visuals of the music video, but I ain't finna play that song. Right. And it's just like, I don't know, something's going on with Nicki Minaj. We should all probably pray for her. It's not a joke. Mental health really matters, and she's obviously going through something because it's like, it's like she's fragile. I don't know, something's going on with her. She's fired everyone on her team, basically. She's fired all of her hair and makeup artists. She feels the need to, I don't know, have people around who validate her. So right after the Nicki Minaj and Cardi B fight at Fashion Week, you see Takashi 6 9 in the club. And they're playing his song with Nicki Minaj, Fifi. And the DJ cuts it off and says, sorry, I'm a Cardi fan. And starts playing Bodak Yellow. The <laughs> Someone is recording Takashi 69 and he was just like kind of bobbing his head to his own song. Mm -hmm. When Bodak Yellow came on, he got hype as fuck and was singing all the words and was dancing and all this shit. And somebody was like in the comments like, uh oh, wait till Nikki sees this shit. And not 24 hours later, they're in matching outfits, sitting next to each other at New York Fashion Week. She's calling him on Queen Radio. But literally, she called him to go, who's the queen? And he's like, you are. And she hangs up on his ass, too. So it's like, you're trying to prove all of these things, but to who? So, Takashi 69 according to the internet, is a predator. Correct. Like a sexual predator. And now he's... I didn't know that he had a thing with Nikki, but mm -hmm. didn't he just do the thing with Kanye? Kanye, like, had him either, like, a video... It wasn't the big Roblox one. I don't remember who he did that with. But he was doing shit with Takashi 69 too. So I was just like... So did 50 Cent. Nah. But it's like for Nikki in the same breath to say, oh, you're welcoming a rapist. Now, Takashi is not convicted of that. I don't know what the charge was. I think the girl was like underage that he was talking to. 
But in the same breath, Nikki's brother is literally a pedophile and she supports him, pays all his legal fees and everything else. So it's like, who are you to fix your finger on like anything (laughs) about a sexual predator and someone's parenting skills when, and I think that's really the problem is everyone who Nicki Minaj is like trying to, I don't know, anyone who's accused Nicki Minaj of stopping their bags, say for instance, Mariah Carey has said it. Rumi Ma has said it. It's a whole bunch of things that she's doing behind the scenes. But it's like all of the people that she's going against have or have at one point have everything that Nicki Minaj wants, which is a mate, which is kids, a family. They have all of those things and she does not. And it bothers her. She said in interviews before, like years ago, she's like, you know, at this point in my life, I thought I would be married with kids by now. I thought I'd be walking my kid to preschool by now. And she doesn't have that. She even started beef with Safari. Wait, who was she dating? She was dating Safari for years. But All like right. a few weeks before, it might have even just been a week or in a week and a half or maybe before the whole incident in New York Fashion Week, she started talking shit about Safari online. And all of a sudden, they were going back and forth on Twitter. And he was just like, like, chill. Like, what's going on? Why are you coming for me? She started talking about how she paid for his hairline implant. <laughs> it was just all left field. Like, bitch, why are you bringing up all this man's dirt? And he yeah. started talking That's about That's a low fucking violence. blow. Yeah. But he started talking about domestic violence, about how apparently she had stabbed him. And when the police came, he told the police that he harmed himself so that she wouldn't be taken to jail. And he was taken away. And, like, he had to go to a mental hospital because he lied for her. I'm like, it's just too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was all too much, but I was all on the internet. Yeah, that's... So good. It was like watching TV. Yeah. It's like, what's going to happen next to Nicki Minaj? I was on YouTube. I was on Twitter. I was like, give me more of the drama. Couldn't be me. (laughs) But I did tune in for the uh, Eminem MGK beef. I did a little. Don't think either person at this stage in their career is that good at rapping. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of bored during Eminem's. I'm not gonna lie. But I don't understand. Like people are like, oh, MGK's was like super, super good. But yeah, like, I hit pause in the middle of his. I got super bored that I couldn't even finish it. Also, his music video. He's like eating cereal out of a styrofoam bowl and like standing shirtless in like fucking Cleveland. <laughs> like, who are you? Like, what are you trying to do with your image? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> and then, like, he went on The Breakfast Club and was like, uh, I don't know why Eminem's saying I don't have a career when I, like, definitely have a career. And it's like, maybe act like you have a career then instead of fucking making black and white videos in Cleveland with a fucking styrofoam bowl of cereal. Because you look I like you're homeless. <laughs> I definitely do, okay? Yeah. And then also, Cat Williams and Kevin Hart. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I'm enjoying that too. That's but not just Cat Williams and Kevin Hart, but Cat Williams and Wanda and Wanda's husband. I don't know Wanda's last name, but Wanda from Sykes. The, no. Oh. It's okay. So the whole beef with Cat Williams and Kevin Hart started when Kevin Hart went on 103V some shit. I'm not promoting it. I don't care what it's actually called. But mm. their host name was Wanda. It's like Wanda and Frank were the two uh, hosts. Okay. And they were asking him all these questions, and he gave his opinion on how he felt about Tiffany Haddish, saying that he doesn't believe she's a real comedian, that she's bypassed. This was Cat saying this. Yes. Yeah. That she's bypassed all these people. And my favorite part of the beef was after he said that, and Wanda was kind of like in her feelings about his opinion, but it's like, it's his opinion. He's entitled to it. Do you have to agree with it? No. Right. Should you take it personally? No, because it doesn't have shit to do with you. Like, you didn't ask him his opinion on you, mm-hmm. but that's what it gets into, right? So she starts calling him little mama and talking shit about his hair. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but if someone's a comedian, they're the last person I'm going to talk about because they have jokes for days and I'm sensitive. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to hear you picking apart every piece of me to talk shit about me. Right. I'm, I'm not here for that. So you don't want to go on wild now? Hell, I would never be on <laughs> Never. I would never yeah. be on anything like that. I would never sit in front row at a comedy show. Lame. 
I don't give a fuck. Don't talk <laughs> shit about me. I'm not here for it. And she wasn't here for it. So she shouldn't open up her mouth and tell this nigga to get a perm. Shouldn't tell him. Shouldn't stop calling him little mama saying his clothes is out and dirty. Because he served her a good one. And it was hilarious. Now, she was so up in her feelings about everything that he said about her. That she sicked her husband on him. And her husband came at him with a gun and chased this man. Yes, Chase Cat Williams. What the fuck? <laughs> Into like a convenience store. Damn. There has been so much happening on the internet since we've last talked to you guys, and it's been so entertaining to me. True. Well, did you see the video of Kevin Hart talking about Cat Williams on The Breakfast Club? Yes. Because apparently Cat Williams has like been talking shit about how like Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish shouldn't be where they are because... There's other people who work have put in the work and worked harder and are funnier, but supposedly, Cat Williams like had every has had every chance to like promote the people that he thinks are funny and like try to get people work and stuff like that, and he just didn't do it. So like one person was like uh, Leslie Jones. <laughs> she said, "Keep my name out, both y'all niggas' mouths." <laughs> Did you see the full quote? Oh yeah, unless you're gonna eat my. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to say that part. It was gross. That's not the most Leslie Jones quote that I've ever heard. (laughs) But, um, I don't, there, I feel like there is some truth in that, but, because, like, at one point, Cat Williams was the shit, okay? It's pimping, pimping, okay? Everybody cared, okay? Everybody was on his ass, but it's like, times are changing. You can literally get a job off social media now. So what you were doing then, it's not going to work now. So, like, you should have taken every opportunity that you had and diversified it and spun it into something else. Yeah. And that's what Kevin Hart has done with his career. He didn't just say, oh, I'm a comedian, so I'm going to be a comedian. I'm only going to do stand-up, and I'm only going to do tours for comedy. He said, oh, well, let me step my foot in acting and see where that gets me. Let me diversify myself to the point where... Any audience is happy and comfortable paying money to come and see me. You feel me? Yeah, but I think that that's what Cat Williams is also attacking him for. Like, I, like Kevin Hart said that uh, Cat Williams thinks that he is only popular because white audiences are like comfortable or like comfortable with the image that he presents as like that's a stereotype. Cat, I think it's Cat Williams being jealous because to yeah. me. You had the opportunity to make some money. Well, I don't get it either because, like, Cat was Kevin. Like, Cat exactly. was, like, a very small guy that, like, was not afraid to, like, be a clown on the stage. Like, he didn't just, like, he wasn't, like, a mild-mannered guy, like, telling jokes on a stool. He, he was, like, doing... He said the 150 million times, and yeah. it was hilarious. So, I don't know I don't know how he's really attacking him for being he's very similar. He's attacking him because Kevin did what he could not do, and that is it. Or didn't choose to do. That's the part that I'm wondering is if, like, Cat had the... Like, you know how Dave Chappelle, like, stepped away mm-hmm. and said, if I don't have creative control, like, I'm not doing it and, like, just didn't feel good about it? I'm wondering if, like, Cat at some point had, like, a decision like that where he, like, decided to go away from it. See, I don't know, because even if you think about other comedians who have crossed to me in a way to reach white audiences, I don't know if... I'm saying white audiences just because they do movies, but that doesn't mean white people are going to pay for it. (laughs) Let's be honest. But, like, Bernie Mac was in movies. Bernie Mac had a television show. Mm -hmm. I love the fuck out of some Bernie Mac, you know? I feel like (laughs) his character in life was one of the best ones. He didn't even say much. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know. Because, really, if you think about it, a lot of comedians do film. Right. And I feel like that's a way to get bigger like you're you're not doing anything but increasing your cash flow increasing the amount of people that you reach visually because like you know not everyone's into comedy but a lot of people watch movies you know right so if he at one point decided hey let me cross over into this and then bring my team up with me he could have done that but that's what kevin hart did now i don't after reading um tiffany haddish's book like i know her and kevin were friends but it's not like it was ever detailed during the harder parts of her life that he was really doing anything to bring her up like he gave her 300 bucks once and was like get a hotel for a weekend in la 
you fucking can't. That pays for like a day and a half, <laughs> you know? So it's not like anything other than that. It's not like before she was popping, he was really, she vocally said that he was doing anything for her because it, in the book, it was detailed as kind of like a high and by relationship where like, hey, how you doing? Like, are things getting better for you kind of thing? But like, now more so, now that she's popping it in everybody's mouth, he's doing a lot of defending of her, a lot of bringing her up. But it's mm. like, to me, it's not as if he was really doing shit for her when she wasn't popping. Right. He I could just now be teaching her how to sustain her popularity, but he wasn't trying to teach her how to be popular in the first place. Because Tiffany had has just been at it for years. Right. Years. And she's just now hot. Right. So she put in work. Niggas just wasn't peeping it. Yeah. So I feel like that's a, also a weird beef. It's an unnecessary one. Yeah. I mean, most beefs are, but <laughs> yeah. I don't even see where that shit came from. I don't. But also, Cat won an Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's cool. <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. He won. Okay, wait. We talked about it on here that he guest starred in Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And he was Alligator Man. He won an Emmy for his role as Alligator Man in Atlanta. That's funny. Yeah. And then Tiffany Haddish got one too. Mhm. And there's a picture of them together, of him kneeling at her feet, <laughs> and then the next photo is them standing together smiling. So, whatever that. Probably beef a fake was, beef then. They like they've they've hashed it out, but I don't remember if the Kevin Hart interview was after the Emmys or not. The one with the Breakfast Club? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It was after it? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't really know what that does for mending their relationship when Tiffany was sitting right next to him mm-hmm, and kiki into what Kevin was saying, but okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it was good to be back. That's all the time we have for you guys today. It is a pleasure being back with you guys. We'll be back next week, and we got some fun things planned for you guys. I'm Sharice. I'm Vince. And we'll catch you next week. Hey!